transmission. Coal miners in one community, they've been on strike now for months. Working as long as 12 hours a day, seven days a week, in some of the most dangerous conditions. I really think that the labor movement is the single greatest force for democracy in the history of the United States. The story of Alabama is a story of not just resilience, but of militancy. I If we ain't all free, ain't none of us free. You're listening to Alabama's only union talk radio show, The Valley Labor Report, with Adam Keller and Jacob Morrison. Hey, good morning, y'all. Welcome to The Valley Labor Report. My name is Adam Keller, and this is Shop Talk, our Thursday morning episode we're producing every week with a focus on labor education, history, and training. It's Thursday, July 27th. We're broadcasting live from Spice Radio Studio in the heart of the Tennessee Valley here in Huntsville, Alabama. Every episode is live streamed on YouTube and Facebook and is released on your favorite podcasting platform in the coming days. Today on the show, we're going to talk about labor media, right? How do we find labor education, history, and training uh, that we're all looking for and that we all so, so much need? Uh, so we're going to talk with Chris and Harold from the Labor Radio Podcast Network. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I think you will too. Uh, but before I play that, I want to take a moment to thank our very first sponsor for Shop Talk. At the Valley Labor Report, we are big fans of Labor Notes. Labor Notes is a media and organizing project that since 1979 has been the voice of union activists who want to put the movement back in the labor movement. Through their magazine, website, books, conferences, and workshops, Labor Notes promotes organizing, aggressive strategies to fight concessions, alliances with worker centers, and unions that are run by their members. Labor Notes is also a network of rank-and-file members, local union leaders, and labor activists who know the labor movement is worth fighting for. They encourage connections between workers in different unions, worker centers, communities, industries, and countries to strengthen the movement from the bottom up. With 40 years of movement building behind them, Labor Notes exist as a resource for leaders and union members who want to chart a new course for the labor movement. At the Valley Labor Report, we are proud subscribers and supporters, and we encourage our listeners to do the same. Go to labornotes.org to find out more. So working people are raising their voices more and more each day, demanding better treatment from their workplaces and their elected officials. While labor columnists and daily newspapers have become a dying breed and union news has largely been sidelined within traditional print and television media, affordable and easy-to-use recording and editing technologies now allow workers, union members, leaders, and activists to create their own alternative means of communication. These days, that often takes the form of either podcasts or radio shows, which are often also available via podcast, like ours. 73 million Americans, or 26% of the U.S. population, listen to podcasts monthly, and 17%, or 48 million people, listen weekly. The podcast audience has consistently grown at a rate of 10 to 20% per year, a trend which seems likely to continue into at least the near future. So plug in your headphones and find your new favorite labor radio show or podcast. Appreciate everyone who tunes in to the Valley Labor Report. 
as we're trying to amplify the voices of working class folks here in the South. Uh, but there are great programs and great folks doing great work all over the country. And if you'd like to know how to get plugged into that, if you'd like to know uh, other options that are out there, I definitely recommend the Labor Radio Podcast Network. Uh, so I have some more to say after the interview, uh, but I did want to go ahead and play that for y'all. Uh, again, that's Chris Garlock and Harold Phillips. These two good union brothers uh, talked a lot with me about labor media. Uh, of course, what the network is and what the network does, who's involved, uh, as well as their personal stories in the labor movement, but also some broader conversation about the state of labor media and the labor press. Uh, so, without further ado, let's cue that up. So, guys, I uh, really appreciate y'all coming on the show. I've got Harold Phillips. I've got Chris Garlock from the Labor Radio Podcast Network. Welcome to the Valley Labor Report. It is our, so good to be here. Our pleasure. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I wanted to start off today's discussion and just let y'all introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about who you are and your story when it comes to the labor movement. Well, Chris is a lot more interesting than me, so why don't you go ahead, Chris? <laughs> I don't know about that, Harold. We're both pretty interesting. And uh, so, no, I've been uh, working in the labor movement for about three, three, four decades now. My dad was a labor historian, and um, I, I got into doing radio stuff actually when I was working at the Labor Council in Rochester, New York, and then picked it up when I moved to D.C. And then a few years ago, uh, discovered podcasts. And so I have a, uh, a, a couple of weekly shows I do at WPFW here in Washington, D.C., and then about five different podcasts and uh, created the uh, Labor Radio Podcast Network. How many years ago now, Harold? Seems like it's been a while. Well, I came in about three years ago, but you had already had that cooking for at least a year or two. Uh, when you initially started it, it was just sort of a conference call that you did regularly. And it was about three, three and a half years ago that we really grew it beyond that. Yeah, no, that's right. And basically what happened was that I realized that there were other people out there across the country who were doing, you know, labor radio uh, and getting into labor podcasts. And I just thought, you know, hey, we should we should know about each other. We should talk to each other. And and honestly, that was about as far. I mean, I just thought if we all got together on a conference call, you know, regularly, good things would happen. And here we are, you know, 200 shows and we've got a website and we've got a weekly show and a daily show and hopefully a conference. I think next year at uh, Labor Notes, we're going to have our first uh, conference of the Labor Radio Podcast Network if uh, everything goes well. So, yeah, we've gone a long way. Harold, how Which about would you? Be kind of amazing since chris and i have never actually met in the flesh <laughs> we have only ever seen each other in this kind of venue so yeah uh meeting up i'm not even sure if you have me. legs harold I, i've never seen him so i i, I could <laughs> uh, testify to that well i biked 45 miles on sunday so uh yeah let me tell you i got legs i feel them <laughs> right now uh yeah no that is actually a really good segue though um so I'm an actor and a voice artist and a member of SAG-AFTRA, you know, right solidarity with my brothers, sisters, and siblings on strike. And um, I was looking for a way to get back to the labor movement that had given me so much. And in thinking about it, 
I thought, uh, you know, I could use my skills on the mic to do something audio wise. So I pitched my local later labor federation on the idea of doing a podcast. And as I was doing research, I was looking around the internet as you do. And I came across this labor radio network that Chris had. It was at that point, what, like a single page on another website or something a like that? A AFL-CIO actually listed, uh, we had about 50 shows at that point. And you're right, it was just a list of the shows at the AFL-CIO, which had a podcast at the time. Uh, Tim Schlittner was running that shop, and he uh, did us the favor of putting, you know, listing us all on that page. So, yeah, that's where he found us. And so I reached out to Chris because I was still figuring out how to do this stuff, and he was nice enough to let me sit in on a couple of those conference calls. And through that, I got to know some ideas about production and how to put together a show and that sort of thing. Um, my state fed decided not to go with my proposal, but from that, I, I wouldn't know what that's pitched... like either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so from that, I actually pitched my local labor council in Vancouver, Washington, and they started producing working to live in Southwest Washington. At the same time, Chris and I started working together to build out the network, to build a website and social media and really kind of grow it, find more shows to bring it in. And the two just kind of developed from there. And like we were saying before, three and a half years later, um, we've grown to close to 200 shows. And we really are bringing the voice of labor to a whole different bunch of people than I think we had been able to reach out to before. Right, right. Absolutely. And and one thing I'm curious about, if y'all could just talk a little bit more about why labor, why the labor movement? Uh, you know, of all things to get involved in, uh, you chose to give back to the labor movement. So I'm curious about that. Yeah, uh, for me, it's it, I had kind of an interesting journey because I didn't think I grew up in a labor household. My dad was in the army and a uh, Reagan Republican. And when I started acting professionally, my uh, my production assistants are barking over there. Sorry about that. <laughs> When I started acting professionally, um, I started talking to these union actors and started getting interested. And eventually I joined the union. And it was at that point that he realized or that he revealed that my grandfather had actually played a role in starting an operating engineers union in Arizona. Um, oh, cool. So we actually have a much stronger labor connection than I was ever aware of growing up. But. When he told me about that, it actually kind of made sense. Um, some of the things that he would say as I was growing up, keeping working people in mind, talking about uh, how hard people's jobs were, how they needed a fair shake, that kind of thing. So when it came time to actually step up and be a part of the labor movement, it just felt right to really be a part of it, not just enjoy the wages and working conditions. And that was a national, natural extension to running for my local board in SAG-AFTRA, working with some labor councils here in Washington State to provide communication services and doing what I can do to actually buoy this movement, which helps all working people. Chris, what about you? 
Well, as I mentioned, my dad was a labor historian, is a labor, <coughs> labor historian. He did his uh, research on the Knights of Labor, so that oh, was cool. something yeah, I grew up around, knowing about the Knights of Labor, which are a... Uh, I think more people know about them now, but back in the 70s when he was doing his dissertation on them, you know, it was pretty far out there. <laughs> um, so I just grew up uh, very much aware of that. And uh, then I worked, went to work for the Rochester Labor Council uh, in the 80s. And that just, the great thing about labor councils, um, you know, as Harold certainly knows, and, and, and you do as well, is that all the different unions are in the councils. And so I got to work with everything, you know, teachers, operating engineers, you know, building trades, private sector, public sector, and just got a real, you know, coming out of a labor history background, just getting a real crash course in the realities of the American labor movement. And that just could put me, you know, right on the picket lines and the battles, you know, for the last, wow, um, I guess, 40 years now. <laughs> so uh, as, as you know, as recently as the other day, we were at a SAG after picket uh, right across from the AFL headquarters uh, here in D.C. So and thank you for that, brother. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no. It was it was a very funny one, Harold. They they were very specific. It was not a picket line. It was a leaflet, and we were right. not to yell. We were to be very. It was. It was. I was like, normally we're firing people up, and this was a very. This was like the politest picket line. Or no, I'm sorry, the the politest labor event I think I've ever been involved with. But a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Right on. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And you know, I. I can kind of resonate with your story in the sense of coming to labor from a history background, uh, starting out as a high school history teacher. And it was really my study of history as a young person that sort of engaged me with labor and got me interested in labor and ultimately led me to the conclusion that the labor movement was our greatest force to, you know, build progress and build positive change in this country for everyday people. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that's interesting, and, and I'd love to hear that about your dad and the Knights of Labor. Uh, so you all talked a little bit about it, but could you explain the Labor Radio Podcast Network? It's been around now for, like you said, three and a half years. You, you brought together 200 shows or more. Uh, so tell us a little bit about like what you all do with this network and really why do you do it? So it's really it couldn't be a simpler idea to be honest. Um, you know, we've we've just we're on a mission to find all of the folks who are doing labor radio, who are doing labor podcasts, and connect them. We need to know about each other, and then uh, we're just trying. We have shows. We have some shows that are put out by national unions. They have tons of resources. I'm thinking of Ask Me, I Am Story which is one of my favorite podcasts, you know, of recent, uh, recent elk, uh, to, you know, the Teamster brother who does his podcast out of his truck on his lunch hour and, and everything in between. And, uh, you know, if you're doing, I think the hardest thing that, that we have to do in the core organizing group is, uh, try to figure out, you know, I think Harold, you had one recently that was sort of interesting, but we decided it wasn't really labor. It's sort of trying to figure out who really fits into uh, the network. But it's a really, really exciting time for the media, I think. Um, there's a lot of folks out there, you know, capitalism, which I have a lot of problems with, but capitalism has put the tools of production uh, in the hands of ordinary working people and made it possible 
for for those of us that don't have big budgets and big staffs to to produce uh, radio and podcasts for the people. And so we're just trying to connect all of those folks and build up build. I think essentially, I don't know that we have essentially. We should have a motto, Harold. But you know, uh, build build a bigger <laughs> megaphone would be sort of my shorthand. Harold, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I I think that's actually a great motto because that is what we're about. Is is we're about sharing working people's voices, right? And the reality of the world that we're in right now is that most media is corporate controlled, and right. so you're not necessarily getting that one-on-one -on -one conversation between two working people on the big networks. There are at least 200 shows though that have those conversations and it just made sense to try and put them together and have them under one roof so that people who are interested in listening to those conversations finding out about what's happening and how things are being made better would have a place to go and so that's why we put together the website to have um all of the shows listed that's why we put together the social media so that we could get that out in front of people and people didn't have to hunt and peck and find these things on their different podcast platforms. And that's why we're still expanding and trying to put together new vehicles to get the word out. No, we should go ahead and we'll, 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 we we probably can't say that enough, but laborradionetwork.org and our hat our, our, um, on social media. I think the same thing, right, Harold? Uh, it's Labor Radio Net, actually, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And search for the hashtag uh, Labor Radio Pod, and you'll find posts from the network. And yeah, like I say, we are we are still working on finding those shows that we don't know about so that we can have them in one place. I remember I enjoyed listening to a labor radio show out of Pittsburgh for a number of years. And then that went off the air. And when I was looking for other labor oriented content, I'd go onto my podcast platform and it was all about pregnancy and delivery. <laughs> there wasn't hey, really labor is labor, man. What can I tell it's, you? It's, it's hard labor too, but, but there, there wasn't really a category for that. Now here we are in hot strike summer or whatever you want to call this period that we're in. People are really interested in finding out what's going on with SAG-AFTRA, with the Teamsters, with the WGA, with the hotel workers in Los Angeles. They're hungry for that information. And so we wanted to give them a way to find it quickly and easily. And we should mention there are two podcasts in particular that folks who are just interested in this, so checking this out. There's the Labor Radio Podcast Daily and the Labor Radio Podcast Weekly. And both of those uh, take very brief excerpts, uh, not from all 200 shows, maybe eventually when we have, that would be quite a thing, but usually anywhere from four to six shows. Uh, this one that came out uh, last uh, Friday actually had a theme. We don't usually have one theme, but we uh, all of the shows are on the SAG after strike. Um, we had a bunch, you know, we had four different shows with four different interviews uh, that we were able to feature that. But it's basically what we want listeners to be able to do is kind of check out. Uh, here's here's a bunch of different shows you can check out, and then you can go to uh, you know our website or our social media, uh, and hopefully in the not too distant future we will have one app, one app to rule them all, right, Harold, uh, where you will be able yeah. to go and and uh, and find 
all of these different shows because honestly right now uh you have to do what i did is like in, i think on my google podcast app i just went and found all of the shows and it took me you know i don't even want to know how long to, to track them all down and, and follow them and well and you can't even get them on one app that's the thing that's right. uh, that's right. it's the nature of podcasts that well you know adam because you probably had to do this with valley labor reports you have to go through and you have to distribute to the spotify the google podcast the yep. apple podcast and depending on who your host is that's easy or that's not our next stage in evolution that we're planning is to actually create a podcast app that can just pull all of these shows into a single app and then for live shows like yours hopefully some way for people to just click a button and listen to a show that's coming out of alabama or a show that's coming out of new york or what have you so that's still in the early development stage. If anybody has a lot of money, please contact us. Or, or even a little bit of money, actually. We don't hear no, But we should say we went to the AFL-CIO convention last year, and we went to the Labor Notes conference last year. And this is when we realized we needed the app because when we told people about the network, people were like, that sounds great. Where do we go to listen to these shows? And we're like, uh, you know. Go to our website. Each show has a listing, and you can click on the link and go there. But it's and not... we just you just lost them. You could just tell you were yeah. losing people that they they wanted they wanted basically one click. They wanted to like just do one thing and get all the shows. And we came back from those are like, all right, guys, we're gonna have to step up our game here because people really like the idea of all of these different shows and. You know, Harold, I think of the the range of shows that are in the network is just phenomenal. I mean, we we have some really mainstream, you know, sort of plain vanilla ones put out by international unions that have clearly been lawyered up and so forth. And we have... I'm thinking about, you know, the Socialist Sisters. I'm not sure if they're still putting out their podcast. It was one of my favorites. Crimes of Uh, Capitalism, yeah. Crimes of Capitalism was a great one. But there's, you know... I love There's it. There's a work I, stoppage. Work stoppage is is very uh, what what a lot of people might think of would be radical. You know, the thing about labor is it's not just one voice, right? There's a whole diversity of viewpoints in the labor movement. Yes. And Chris kind of alluded to this earlier. You know, we have grappled a lot with what it means to be a labor show, whether it's a podcast or a radio show. In some cases, it's pretty obvious when it's not, if it's coming from the boss's perspective. Not. Or if it's those darn unions, you know, that kind not. of thing. <laughs> but if it's if it's working people talking about working people's issues, talking about organizing in order to make things better, in our viewpoint, that's that's a labor show. And that's why we have everything from, like Chris says, union-produced shows to individual working people who just happen to have a show talking about their issues, whether that's a teamster in his truck or a construction worker talking about what it's like to be a female construction worker in Toronto and talking to other electricians. It all qualifies because these are all some of the voices that make up our movement. And and it's really important. We don't I mean we we want the shows to be about workers, but we we don't engage in there's a lot of internal politics in the American labor movement. No, right? really? Uh you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> We, but we don't, I mean, and we've had some, you know, sometimes, you know, so, some of these podcasts are consistently, for example, critical of the AFL-CIO, 
Um, and that that can be a problem for the AFL-CIO. But we're like, look, if you if you're doing a show about working people and working people's issues, you know, whatever that that's the qualifying thing there. Not whether you're towing the you know American Labor Movement party line, which doesn't really exist anyhow. So. <laughs> I really appreciate y'all bringing some of that into the conversation because that's something, yeah, we've had to grapple with ourselves on the Valley Labor Report and trying to thread yeah. the mm -hmm. needle and, and represent the diverse voices because, you know, we have folks who listen to our show who really run the spectrum from conservatives who find us on conservative talk radio uh, to out-and-out -out socialists and everything in between. Uh, and it is difficult to, you know, balance those internal politics. But like you said, that diversity is a reality in our movement, and it's always been part of our movement. If you look at the history of the labor movement, uh, we've always had that ideological diversity among other kinds of diversity. And, you know, so I, I really appreciate that y'all take that approach uh, of not really trying to lock yourselves into one particular category or, you know, please this group to uh, or keep that group happy. Uh, it's, it's tough. Uh, but like you said, if, if you're focusing on working people and this is by and for working people, uh, I think that's what counts. And so that's what we try to do on our show. And, you know, sometimes to be honest with listeners, you know, sometimes we get pushback. Uh, from sponsors, from potential sponsors, from former sponsors who are former for reasons and, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, we've had uncomfortable phone calls with uh, about segments that we've produced. We've had uh, proposals shot down because of commentary, you know, that was aired on our show, whether it was from us or guests. And so, you know, that's all a reality of doing this kind of work. Uh, and I, I, I like that the Labor Radio Podcast Network does have that broad spectrum and gives folks a, a taste of kind of what it's really like in the movement, uh, because there are all these voices. And, you know, as I told folks at the Building Trades Convention in Alabama last week, if you've ever been a national delegate for your union, there's a hell of a lot of debate in our unions <laughs> about everything. Uh, and so... That's just part of it, and and we have to, you know, we have to give voice to that and, and represent that. Uh, so I appreciate y'all yeah. doing that. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a topic that actually comes up a lot uh, in our weekly meetings, and this is something we haven't really talked about. The network part of the Labor Radio Podcast Network has always been bringing these people together: podcasters, hosts, producers, and so we have this weekly Zoom meeting that happens on Tuesdays and it comes up a fair amount, especially for shows that dove that do have sponsorship. You know, I mean, the person who pays the bills does exert some influence, right? But at the same time, people have their viewpoints that they want to get out there. And we have debate within these meetings on Tuesdays. We have lots of people with lots of different views and that's just labor. That's really what labor is about, is we can have all these different views, but when the chips are down, when it comes time to actually walk the line and back up our fellow workers, we put that aside and we hit the streets. 
Well, and actually, SAG after, I was just thinking about this, Harold, your union, right? There is definitely an ideological split in, in that union. Uh, Fran, Fran Drescher, who's terrific, uh, but she was, uh, she, she ran a contested election last time. There's two, mm-hmm. there's, there, there's, uh, there's sort of a more mainstream uh, segment and, and a more radical segment. Uh, but then, but then they really have come together against the boss. And so, and so to, to us, I think in the network, you know, there's always going to be differences of opinion. I mean, big ones, little ones, multiple differences. We're not going to get into that. We're going to look at, you know, are you bringing the voices of workers and our issues uh, to the air? Uh, you know, that's that's the qualification. Um, and, and, you know, if you're if you're doing that and if you're doing it consistently, uh, then we want you to network and we, we want to get you out there. And I think, you know, that's that is the beauty of, of this movement. It's it's broad. It ain't always pretty. Uh, but, you know, it's speaking out for workers and that's good enough for us. You're fighting the right fight. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's a good segue into kind of why this work is important and, you know, more broadly where we see labor media, because uh, and and this is something y'all even pointed out on your website that we used to have labor reporters right at every newspaper. (laughs) Uh, Now. They hardly exist. Uh, labor stories, when they're covered, if they're covered, is often by the business section. Um, we used to have a, a robust labor press in this country, um, and that had shriveled over the years. But as you're, you're, you've talked about podcasting, you know, radio to some extent, but certainly podcasting uh, and being able to stream and easily and cheaply get on the air has changed the dynamics a good bit. And so we've seen an explosion in this kind of labor media. Uh, And so, you know, I was wondering kind of where y'all see things with the labor press in this country right now, Uh, you know, given that that kind of dismal history, but also this, you know, this new energy that we're seeing in the movement overall uh, with the rise in militancy and the strike actions and the high profile labor struggles but also this explosion in labor media specifically. I, I would address that. I mean, I, I've been a journalist, you know, since I was 14, uh, which is a, which is a minute ago. And that story about the, you know, the, the shriveling up of, of you know, that there's very few labor reporters, you know, it's been a story that's been, you know, going on for 20, 30 years now. Uh, but I would say two things about that. First of all, that largely mirrored the decline of the labor movement over that period of time. Right. And, uh, you know, and so the fact that the labor movement has become much more militant, we've seen much more strike activity. And there are actually a number of terrific labor reporters now. And uh, up until probably five or 10 years ago, any labor report that did exist, uh, you know, was my age. I mean, in their 50s and their 60s. And I am really excited to see labor reporters in their 20s and 30s now um, who know their labor history. They know their labor history, but they really are down on the ground, you know, hitting the bricks with the strikes and they really know their stuff. And I think the other thing is that, again, because the technology has changed, um, we, we if you look at all of these shows, these are voices that before before labor podcasts exist or before you could get on your local community radio station, these folks wouldn't have had any place to go. 
and some of the some and Harold knows this as well. You know, some of the stories that we're running in the weekly and the daily. I just get when I get when I sit down to work on the weekly every week, it's like Christmas in July because I get to listen to these uh, just voices across the country that just never cease to amaze me. I mean, I just whether they're new takes on on labor history or there's some struggle going on in Iowa that I never heard of. um, It's just amazing. And so I, I think. I'm I'm a definitely glasses way more than half full on this issue now. But Harold, you may have a different take on that. No, no, I'm I'm well. Obviously, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, number one, I think that we are in a resurgence, and um, we got to give a lot of credit to Teen Vogue for really kind of realizing that the young people who are coming up right now are interested in these stories and bringing on their labor reporter Kim Kelly, who is just knock it out of the park time and time again but she's kind of on the vanguard of some of these younger labor reporters that we're seeing who are really looking to bring these stories to the larger publications now the flip side is the larger publications who owns them corporate interests right capital so there's always going to be a push pull when it comes to big publications and networks, um, media stations, that sort of thing. The owners are the owners and they may have to report on it because people are interested in it and things are happening. You're not always going to get the workers spin on corporate owned media much as I'd like to see that. But this is the great thing about the world we're living in right now is that we can produce it ourselves. And so that's what I found when I started my podcast. That's what I'm looking to do with my second podcast, Labor Week, which I'm planning on launching August 5th. And that's what a lot of our members found when they just decided they were going to tell their stories. There's a hunger for these stories out there. People want to listen to them. They want to engage with them. And that's one of the reasons why we've grown to 200 shows in just a couple of years. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot there that resonates with me. Uh, for one thing, Kim Kelly is fantastic and has been a true friend to this show and has done some reporting for us. And uh, I just could not be more impressed because, like you said, uh, someone who knows labor history and is actually engaging with workers and on the ground with workers. And we are seeing more and more of that breaking into mainstream coverage. And, you know, also, like you said, though, we're building media ourselves and that's been exciting to see. And that's something we've had an opportunity to do with the Valley labor report is, you know, some collaboration and, and just having guests on from different media outlets that um, are, are doing great work out there. Uh, I'm thinking about the real well, news and network. vice versa. I mean, well, flash has had you on um, America's workforce a number of times, you and Jacob. Right. And, and Max, Max Alvarez. And we could, there's a whole, I mean, here, here's the thing, guys, is that, and Adam, you just hit on it, right? Honestly, some time ago, I got tired of, I would go to these conferences with these old, you know, labor, labor radio guys or labor guys, and they all be bitching about, there used to be labor reporters, we used to have, you know, and I was like, you know, we we need to just change this. And so to your point, Adam, these people are just taking the means of production into our own damn hands because we have the tools and our hunger is out there. And, you know, is there a lot of money in there in it right now? No, we're, we're, we're you know, we're, we're scratching, you know, for every you know penny and every dollar we can get. But so what? 
So what? That, I mean, all of this stuff started out here. You know, I tell people a story about right-wing talk radio 40, 50 years ago was where we are now. It was it was mm. in the hinterlands when nobody was listening mm-hmm, to that mm-hmm. stuff. They got into those low, low, you know, uh, stations where they could get in, where they could afford it. And it took them 20, 30 years. And look where they are now. So, you know, we... And, and frankly, we, we're much more popular, you know, labor, labor. And, and we do split. We do span. Uh, you know, the problem for us is that we span, as you say, all we you know, we have right wing labor folks. We have left wing labor folks. We have a lot of folks in the middle. We got a much bigger tent, which makes for some interesting times. Right. Uh, I was thinking, Harold, that, you know, the few times we've gotten in trouble as a network is when some of our members decide to do stuff on uh, on police unions. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that, that, was, that, that, was that a turns out that turns out to be a very hot issue in the labor movement. And you're like, whatever, guys, you know, do what you got to do. So, uh, but no, we're, yeah, we're, but we're again, doing it. It's that's the movement in general is we're going to have diverse viewpoints because we have diversity in the yes, movement. That's right. The idea that union members are just white guys in hard hats who work on construction sites that's gone by the wed- by the wayside because so many people around the country now know their teachers in a union, their grocery store worker is in a union, the maid at the hotel is in a union, and if they're not, they should be. And so that kind of diversity just brings strength. It brings a lot of conflict, but as we iron that stuff out, it also brings strength. That's part of what I think we're carrying forward in the network shows is, yeah, you can be allied with this radical faction, but you can also listen to this more conservative guy and you can see where the middle is for you. And then when it does come time for you to hit the picket line with your local union that's outside a store or some people who are trying to organize at a, at a construction site, you'll have those two viewpoints to help you with that. Well, right. and it also it also reminds me uh, that a lot of times what the how, how the boss wins is not by beating us. The boss wins by setting us against each other. You know, Every this, wife, time. this 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 uh, person of color is trying to take your job. This woman is trying to, you know, and so we really have just always got to. And I think this again is the, the the strength of the network's diversity is that no, we're workers, you're bosses. You know, we may have our differences, but we're united as workers. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't say it better myself. And I think that's really the important thing about this and and the collaboration of, you know, pulling our strengths together, working together however we can uh, to really amplify our voices. And, you know, something else that I thought was interesting is just that I, I think there is a youth movement that seems to be tied into this rising militancy with labor. And sure. so... That's something else that we've got to account for. And, you know, I I think whether it's TikTok or other platforms, that's something else that we have to consider in our movement. Like, how are how are we engaging with young people? Because it seems like uh, at least the opinion polling and, and, you know, the militancy in Starbucks and and these other examples, it seems like young people are on our side uh, and young people are maybe not as preconditioned with anti-union bias uh, as, you know, we've experienced over the decades. And so, you know, that's something else I think we have to really take account for in this movement is is ensuring that we have like intergenerational dialogue. Uh, that to me is Thank huge. you for saying dialogue, because that I think is where we're at as a movement. 
And you see this cycle happen every 10, 15 years, right? The older leaders have figured out how to do things. And then this young, fiery group comes up and, and they're ready to make change. And the older leaders want that energy. But at the same time, they're like, oh, guys, back off. We've got this figured out. Right. Trying, trying to find that spot where we can bring these younger members up and help them move into leadership positions. I think this is where we're at. We, we need to work together so that we can move to the next stage. And if I could just uh, bring it to the to the network and to you know the radio shows, the radio podcasts, and 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 Adam, to your point, to the TikTok videos, we actually were discussing under the sag uh, after a non picket line the other day. Um, but to to Harold's point, you know, traditionally when it comes to union labor uh, uh, communications. They're communications professionals and they, you know, they, this stuff is vetted and it's lawyered and it's signed off on. And, you know, the, the couple of the ones that, uh, that you cited, Adam, Starbucks and Amazon, most of that stuff, that is not, I mean, that was people going their own way, organizing from the grassroots up. And, and, you know, frankly, the major unions that got involved with both of them to their credit realized, you know what? We're going to support this, but we're not going to try and control it. We're not going to try and direct it. It's interesting when you try and find somebody, you know, a Starbucks worker is like, if I want to get a UFCW member, you know, I know I call my local UFCW local. I call the UFCW International and they hook me up, right? You want to get a Starbucks person, you know, you can't call SCIU. You actually have to reach out. In fact, frankly, it's probably better to DM them on Twitter and reach them directly or, you know, some, some grassroots way like that, because they, they're not, they're not from the top down. And I think, it, you know, to Harold's point, I think it makes a lot of the mainstream labor movement a little bit uncomfortable, maybe a lot uncomfortable. That's okay. Yeah. Again, this is diversity and diversity is our strength, but it also causes some conflict as we trying to iron this stuff out. But I think a lot of the more established unions are realizing that there is a fire right now coming from the younger folks who are joining the movement and they want to bring them along. So I think they're definitely working to get that to happen. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so, because there is this momentum and we have to ride it uh, while we have it. And I think that goes for labor media specifically, but for the labor movement as a whole, we have to ride the energy and and take advantage of it while we have it and um, really seize the moment uh, because there is this greater interest. And, and that's exciting for me uh, because, you know, as I remind folks that are a little bit younger than me, like it didn't used to be that way. And, and for folks who are older than me have seen even worse times. Right. Uh, and so it's, you know, it is just a different era. And, and I think, what y'all are doing with the Labor Radio Podcast Network of amplifying these voices and connecting different voices together is really huge. And that's what our movement is all about, is that collaboration and coming together for our common interest. So I really appreciate that. Absolutely, brother. That is what we are about, is bringing people together, whether it's in our weekly meetings or whether it's through the headphones. Right, right on, right on. Well, remind folks how they can get connected and how they can find uh, all the great stuff that y'all are doing. 
So the two the two easiest way would be to search for the Labor Radio Podcast weekly and or the Labor Radio Podcast daily on whatever your favorite podcast app is. Uh, that'll get you sort of a taste of the network shows. And then, Harold, they can find all of our shows where? LaborRadioNetwork.org. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at LaborRadioNet and search the hashtag LaborRadioPod. Guys, I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate the support that y'all have shown the Valley Labor Report. Uh, it really means a lot to us. Uh, we're just doing the best we can down here in Alabama and, you know, having allies uh, across the country really means a lot to us. And we appreciate all that y'all are doing. And I appreciate y'all joining me today. You guys just keep Absolutely, doing, you, brother. You, you guys keep doing it and we'll keep telling the world about it. How's that? Sounds great. Thanks, brothers. Well, look, look, look forward to seeing you at their Tuesday meeting. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, folks. Yeah, I hope you all enjoyed that interview with Chris Garlock and Harold Phillips of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. We are proud to be part of that network and definitely encourage you to check that out. Um, after this conversation, I'm looking forward personally to getting more engaged with the network and seeing how we can collaborate and how we can uh, learn from others and see what other folks are doing. Um, I think I speak for the entire Valley Labor Report crew that we really are committed to making this project as good as we can make it uh, to constantly improve and constantly you know, bring better and higher quality content to folks. Uh, because we do take it seriously that we have a platform and that we are creating media that uh, some folks are listening to. And so we, we try to make that worth your time, uh, and we are committed to that. So, you know, looking forward to learning more from folks in the network and, and getting more engaged there. Um, and I should just say uh, at this moment that, you know, if there are other programs that you listen to and you're interested in some collaboration, you'd like for us to come on somebody else's show, or there's people that you would like for us to interview on our show, uh, definitely let us know. Hit us up. DM us. Email us. Uh, we're always open to that kind of feedback. We really appreciate that. And I wanted to conclude by take, talking about why I thought this interview was relevant to Shop Talk, uh, because obviously... You know, as I mentioned at the beginning of every episode, Shop Talk is dedicated to labor education, history, and training. And so we talk about things like what happened this month in labor history. We talk about things like how to make an effective flyer, uh, how to get involved as a new member, those sort of topics. And for me, I thought this was very relevant to, you know, the mission of this particular series. Education is so important. You know, continuing to educate ourselves about what's happening in the world, continuing to educate ourselves with new tactics, new skills, new strategies, and continuing to educate ourselves on our history and learning from our history. So I do really appreciate what they're doing at the uh, network and what they're trying to do. And the last thing I wanted to, to mention, just on the note of, you know, the diversity of our movement, um, and that's something that I think we do have to acknowledge that you're not going to agree with everything that, that we say on our program. Um, I don't foresee any program where you're going to agree with everything that they say. Um, and that's okay, right? It's, it's important to have debate. It's important to have dialogue. And that's really what we're aiming for is to facilitate dialogue by workers, for workers, you know, among workers, 
that's what's important to us. Uh, so we don't necessarily expect that every single person is going to agree with every single you know opinion that we have, or you know the necessarily the the coverage that we provide. You know what stories we we highlight and which stories we don't. Uh, it's hard to do that. And uh, we're not media professionals, right? Uh, I remind folks that all the time. We are not media professionals. We didn't go to school to be journalists. Uh, don't pretend to be otherwise. So we're just a couple, you know, union brothers who, who, you know, from the grassroots are just trying to amplify working class voices and give a voice to the labor movement here in the South and, and particularly here in North Alabama in the Tennessee Valley. Uh, so we know that, you know, there's going to be conversations about um, are we too left wing? Are we not left wing enough? Are we uh, too pro uh, tentative agreement for the Teamsters? Or are we not anti enough? Right. I mean, I feel like whatever we say Saturday about the tentative agreement for the Teamsters and with UPS, uh, it's going to piss off somebody. Right. Whether it's a vote yes or a vote no person, chances are we can't you know please everybody, and that's okay. Uh, we just try to remain honest and stay true to our integrity and, and try to be real with folks. Uh, I don't like to BS folks. Um, I don't like to talk down to folks. And I just try to be honest about how I feel. And, and for me, it's all about uh, what builds power for working people and what's what's right for working people and improving our lives as working people and what brings us together as working people, because that's where our power comes from. Uh, from that solidarity, from from the coming together uh, across our diversity, but for our common interest. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there. Um, you know, as I mentioned in the interview, you know, we have lost sponsors over politics. Um, we've lost donors over politics, uh, again, from both sides of it, uh, for uh, from both the left and the right. And so that's just the reality of it. Um, I think what's important is is just always being true to the working class and, uh, in particular, the labor movement that we're building in the working class to try to, you know, tip the balance of power and to regain some power in our lives and in our communities and in our society. Uh, so I really appreciate everyone who has been tuning in. I appreciate all the support that we do receive from folks. Uh, appreciate the sponsorships that we do have from folks. It does really mean a lot. Uh, you know, all of this content is free, but it is certainly not free to produce. And so we can't do it without that support. Uh, and on that note, I do want to uh, just highlight Labor Notes events before we dip out of here this morning. Uh, Labor Notes, as they do every month, have some really great offerings of online trainings, uh, this year or this month, they have a stewards workshop on August 23rd on investigating grievances. That should be a really good one. Uh, that one is particularly for stewards and elected officers. So if you're not uh, in that position or you're, you know, or if you're not at least considering being in that position, maybe not for you, uh, but that should be a really good one. Uh, they are doing the Secrets of a Successful Organizer Workshop Series again this month. That's on August 14th, 21st, and 28th. Uh, so you'll want to go to all three, and it is from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, really recommend that if you've never checked out their book, Secrets of a Successful Organizer. Uh, it's got a, it's very practical, very down-to-earth, good stuff. On August 9th is a caucus how-to. 
And I think that is that's going to be a really good one because uh, as we've seen across the labor movement in this country, rank and file reform caucuses have been you know really really essential to transforming some unions, to bringing more militancy to unions, to bringing more strike actions to unions, and so learning how to do that. Uh, from folks who have successfully done that is just a really cool opportunity. And again, that's on August 9th. And August 5th is going to be Race and Labor. Uh, the first session's on August 5th. The second session's August 12th. It is a two-parter, so you're recommended to, to attend both. Uh, it's online, again, as all these are through Zoom. And really, this session is about asking questions like, how does racism show up in our workplaces and, and in our unions? What are some strategies to confront it and build solidarity for a stronger multiracial labor movement? And what can you say to union siblings who aren't convinced racial justice has anything to do with union politics? So that's August 5th, August 12th. And August 1st is the workshop, What to Do When Your Union Breaks Your Heart. Uh, so if you're one of these people who are experiencing some heartache right now uh, with your union for whatever reason, uh, this may be a good workshop to check out. And uh, if you missed it, I did talk with Ellen David Friedman from Labor Notes last month about this very workshop. So you can check out that episode of Shop Talk. Um, and so as a wrap up here, I just, again, I want to thank folks for your support. This is, I believe, the 19th episode of Shop Talk, and I do hope it was worth your time. I appreciate everyone listening. And if you enjoyed it, please share it with your network and make sure that you're staying plugged into the work that we're putting out. Um, just a reminder that the Valley Labor Report is a working class media collective dedicated to lifting up labor struggles throughout Alabama and across the South. We bring you Alabama's only union talk radio show every Saturday morning with the first half from 9.30 to 11 a.m. live on FM radio through WVNN here in the Huntsville listening area. The entire program is online via Facebook, YouTube, and podcasts, and portions of the program are replayed on WZZA in the Shoals and WHIV out of New Orleans. We encourage you to check out our website, tvlr.fm, which we've expanded to feature news and commentary relevant to working people. You can sign up for our email newsletter while you're there, and definitely check out our merch at tvlr.fm store. We've got stickers, we've got shirts, including pre-orders for our Join a Union or the Boss Will Get You t-shirt, uh, which is, of course, riffing on the classic sign on I-65 uh, in Alabama, the Go to Church or the Devil Will Get You sign. Uh, so definitely go to our merch at tvlr.fm store, check that out. And finally, we rely on donations and sponsorships to put out all of this free content. We appreciate the local unions and organizations that have sponsored ads on our main Saturday show, as well as Labor Notes sponsoring Shop Talk. Please hit us up if you have ideas for sponsors or if you're interested in your organization or union becoming a sponsor. Our single biggest source of contributions comes from listener donations. You can make a one-time donation or a recurring contribution at tvlr.fm donate. We do have a Patreon if you prefer to donate that way. We'll even take a good old-fashioned check mailed to our P.O. box. Whether you donate, share, subscribe, or just listen, we appreciate your support, and we can't do it without you. 
And so if you share our mission to grow the Southern labor movement, if you share our belief in the power of solidarity and collective organization, if you want media that is for working people, by working people, please consider becoming a recurring donor at tvlr.fm slash donate. All power to the workers. Solidarity, y'all.